Um, we're going to, this is the final, I think the final sermon on this Walk Worthy series, which is coming from Ephesians chapter 5. Today I want to talk about walking a transformed walk, living with a transformed life. And we're going to do that today through Ephesians chapter 5, starting I think at first, um, is it, what verse does it start? It doesn't matter. Turn to Ephesians chapter 5. So the first thing I want to do is, is ask the question, what's the point? I mean, what is the point of coming here on a Sunday? What's the point of being here? What's the point of actually going through your, your whole life and saying, okay, why do I read the Bible? Why do I do this? What's the point? And really, if, there, if there's no understanding about what the Bible is saying... There really is no point. If I don't understand what the text is saying, I can't make application of the text to my life. So if you, if you pick up your Bible and you start reading your Bible and you don't understand what it's saying, there really is no point. The exercise is futile because unless the seed gets into the ground, unless it gets into your life and you understand it, it won't change you. So it's not just about reading words. You know, I have read three chapters this week. Well, what did you understand about that? What did you understand about the 50 verses that you read during the week? What did you understand about it? If you understood nothing about it, then it's a a futile exercise. And if you're lying to yourself, there is no point. You know, some people go through life and they deceive themselves all the time. They come and they say, you know, I'm cool. Uh, Really, they're not cool. You know, uh, everything is, they're deceiving themselves. They they tell themselves a lie that everything is okay. They say, oh, no, I I can understand it. But they don't understand it. I understand what's going on, but they don't understand. You know, they, they do the things that they're meant to be doing, but they, in their minds, they're not being real to them. I've got nothing wrong in my life. I mean, I, everything is fine in my life. I mean, and, and really, in their lives, they know there's things in the back that they're not dealing with. They're deceiving themselves. So there's no point if you're not being real with yourself. If you look at the, the, the sermon that I preach and I, and I speak to it in Latin and I talk to you in Latin or I use a language that you don't understand and it has no relation to your life, you just sit here and say, well, what was that about? Why did I even go to church today? I mean, it doesn't even relate to me. He's talking about something that's scraping the universe and I have no, it has no practical relationship to my life. Then there's no point. Absolutely no point. And if I don't think deeply about what's in the Word of God, and it doesn't challenge me. I mean, if, it, if I just read it, it said, yeah, Jesus walked on the water. Yeah? And there's no deep challenge in my spirit. There's nothing that's left there that, that impacts me. It's not like that God has put a fingerprint in me, and, and I, I have a feeling and a sense that God is speaking to me, a challenge in my heart that I should be different and transformed. If, there, if there's no challenge in my life, there really is no point. If I don't understand the thing, if I'm not being real with myself, if it doesn't relate to my life, if there's no challenge and I'm not thinking about it deeply, there is no point in my life. And if I don't do it, James tells me if you don't do what the Word of God says, he says you're actually deceiving yourself. So what is the point? Really, what is the point? I mean, we do this Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. We come to a place and we sit and we think, and, you know, I watch over the years and we have got older. I remember... When I was younger, I remember when my dad looked like me. Like, you know, he had dark hair and it was just, you know, graying on the sides. It looked very suave. And my mother, she didn't look like me. <laughs> but here we are now and we are older. And I'm getting older and I look like my father used to look. And my dad, 
Well, he's older again. But what's the point? Well, why do we do this? What is the point of the exercise? If there is no point, then I am still bound up with stuff. If, if God is not in this place releasing my life, giving me understanding and helping me change to be transformed, if there is no point, if I'm not understanding it, then I am still bound up. I'm still the same way as I was 50 years ago as I am today. I'm still the same way as I was when I was in my teens as I am today because nothing has changed. There's been no point to the exercise. So I want to I challenge you that there is a point. John 10.10 10 tells us that the thief comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and life more abundantly. That's what he said. He said, you know, the devil wants to wind you up. He wants to chain you up. He wants to slow you down. He wants to take you out. He wants to kill you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy everything that you could possibly do. He wants to steal your opportunities. He wants to stop you dead in your tracks. That's what he wants to do. But Jesus said, don't worry. He says, I've come that you would have life and have it to the full. I'm going to give you full life. That's the point. I'm going to give you full life. And Jesus said to the the people who are believing in him, he says, and Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word and my, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free or well, the truth will make you free. And they, and, they, and they said, you know, we are Abraham's descendants and we have never been enslaved to anybody. What do you mean you can make us free? And then he, he brings this light to them. He says to them, he answers them, most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. He says, let me tell you where the chains are. Let me explain to you where the chains are in your life. If you continue to sin, you are getting chained up by the sin. And then he goes and says to them, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And the implication is there, you will be free from sinning. That's a moment? Was that the angel's... Blowing the trumpet? Or is that somebody's phone? <laughs> oh, okay. Now, I just, I knew that somebody would need a pen. So I said, God, what do I need to take today? Because somebody will need a pen. And he said, pens, because people might not have pens. So I bought a box of pens. Anybody need a pen? Jesus knows, doesn't he? Uh, could you hand it to the people who need the pens? Thank you. See, Jesus knows. He looks after you, doesn't he? Man, I'm just walking out the door and he says, get pens. Thought, Why is that? Because Shandell will need a pen. Okay, was that the, 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 the trumpet? You need a pen. <laughs> okay. So what's the point? Here is the point. To abide is to be transformed. To live in the word of God is to be transformed. So I need to understand what the text is saying. Before we even go to the scripture, start to read it. I need to understand what it says. If I don't understand it, there is no point. I need to be being real and honest with myself. So as I'm reading the text, I've got to look at it and I say, does this apply to me? 
I have to relate to what it's saying. I have to say, this relates to my life. Not relates to this person's life. Oh, I wish so-and-so was here because they could have hit. No, 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 no. Don't point the finger at anybody else. Look at yourself and say, how does this relate to me? How does this affect me? How does this word that we are studying today affect me? And it should produce deep thinking in you. You should go away and say, I am troubled in my spirit. Or I am, I am really thinking deeply about this. This is changing my life. It's changing my behavior because the depth of it has reached into the core of me and says there needs to be a shift in the way you do things. That's the point. That's why we come. That's why we sit. That's why I spend our preparing. That's why... We set up the seats. Why? Because this is a moment to change, a moment to receive, a moment to move somewhere with Jesus. And I want to practice what I learned today. I want to practice what God gives me today. I want to put it into practice so that as I'm walking in life, I'll become changed, transformed to be more like Jesus. Amen? So that's the point. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15. Ephesians chapter 5 through 15, that's where we're going to start. And we're going to go through to, I think, I can't remember the verse, but we'll just go until we stop. Ephesians 5, 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Now, so we need to understand what it's actually saying. So let's have a look at the word see. The word see in the Greek means with the mind's eye, to turn your thoughts or to direct your mind to a thing, to consider, to contemplate, to look at, to weigh, to carefully examine, to look at something. So if I am going to see with my eyes, I will look. I will look carefully. I will look to understand. I will look to examine. And as I look to examine, I will learn. That's to see with my eyes. So he's saying, pay attention to something he's used the word see and it's not just a word that sits there and says see see no no it's a word that's full of meaning so that you can think about something deeply so he says stop listen stop look stop think stop engage with what you're learning now engage engage think about this look carefully he says see what are we looking at he says look at your walk Look at your behavior. He says, stop and think about the way you are behaving, the way that you're living. So you can just think about all this week, you have been behaving in a certain way. That's all coming under scrutiny. You can think about everything that's in your life. It's all coming under scrutiny now because he's focusing your attention on your behavior, your walk, to make one's way progress, to make due use of opportunity. So he says, your walk is the way that you are progressing through life and the way that you use your opportunities. That's your walk. And he says, make sure it's circumspect. Now the word means, we usually say circumspect means careful. Walk circumspectly, it means walk carefully. But it's carefully because you are exactly, accurately and diligently looking and being careful. So if I'm walking circumspectly, I'm walking very carefully. Very carefully. I'm watching where I'm going. Some of the children don't watch where they're going, you know. They walk around and they bang into things. That's not walking circumspectly. Walking circumspectly is watching very carefully, looking where you're going and making attention of what you're doing. So what's he saying here? He's saying, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, 
God is wise. And so he's saying he wants you to be wise. The text is saying he wants you to be wise. Now, the wise is a skilled expert, skilled in letters, cultivated. It's doing the right thing at the right time, which is a very simple illustration of wisdom, doing the right thing at the right time. But it has an, an idea in it of intelligence. So it, it's, it means that you exerting the best plans or dis, coming to the best plans and thinking about how you can best do something. So wisdom is really thinking something through very carefully, looking at it and saying, how can I best walk this one through? All right, what's the text saying? What do I understand this passage of Scripture is saying to me? Basically, it's saying pay careful attention to the way you're living and be sure that you are doing the best you can be doing and be transformed to all God wants you to be. So it's saying, look, do you understand the text? Did you understand what it just said to you? The Scripture just said to you, stop. Look at what you're doing in your life. Don't be foolish about it. Figure out the best way to live this life, the best way that can glorify God so that you can be transformed to what you should be. Now, let's be honest with ourselves. Here we are. Be honest with yourself now. Could there be some improvements? I mean, it's quite simple. It's either a yes or no answer. Really, it just comes to this. Who's got it all home and hose? You know, this is it. We've got it perfected. No one? Oh, nearly. Just about. Oh, we're being facetious. I tell you, I, I mean, Jesus may be perfect in you, but you still have to be transformed into his likeness. And even the Apostle Paul said, this is what the Apostle Paul said, and this is towards the end of his life. He, he, he's saying this towards the end of his life. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. So he's saying, you know, where I should be and what I should be doing is not right here, right now. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. But he says, I'm not there yet. He says, but one thing I do, forgetting what's what behind me, forgetting the things behind me, I am straining forward toward what is ahead. And then he says, I press toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And then he says to us all, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. So do you think you're mature in God? He says, then take the same view. Think this way. Not that you've attained it, but you've still got room to move. You've still got to keep on going. You, the, the goal is in front of you, but you're just going to keep on pressing towards that goal because maturity doesn't say you reached it. Maturity says you are going toward it. You don't ever get there at this point until you die. You're still pressing toward it. And when you die, you reached it. But while you're alive, you're pressing on toward it. And if at some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we have already attained, says Paul. So I want you to think about this. Is there room for improvement? And if there's room for improvement, there still must be stuff in your life that needs to get shifted. Think about that. So you didn't come here full up. You came here somewhat empty. 
didn't come here completely free. You came here kind of bound up. There are still things that need to be shifted in your life if you're ruthlessly honest. So let's just think this one through and ask yourself, because what is the point of doing this unless we shift something today in our minds? What is the point unless we move one step closer to what Jesus wants? Amen? Okay. He says, look, he says, Paul says, let me continue on. He says, I want you to look. I want you to make it, pay attention to the way you're living. He says, now, he says, redeeming the time. He says, because the days are evil. So he says, redeeming. Well, what does that mean? Again, if you don't understand what it means, you will not get it. There will be no point. So redeeming the time. What does redeeming mean? Well, redeeming means making a payment or a price to recover from the power of another, to ransom or to buy back off somebody. So if I redeem Olga, I pay a price to get her out of the power of a situation to bring her. So in African culture, when she wants to get married, the man has to come to her and say, Jerome, I have $50,000. Is that enough to redeem her out from you? Not enough. Uh, More. More. How much more? So? We have our conference family come. How much is it going to cost me? Oh, 70,000 plus the stuff. Oh, but you know, look at Olga. She's, she is worth it, eh? 70,000 and the stuff. She can, I got the stuff. I got the 70,000. I will pay you and I redeem her, buy her out of your house. And she becomes... He's got a superannuation and I've got my wife. That's how it works in, in Africa. doesn't work that way in Australia. It works that way in Africa. Okay, that's gone quiet, hasn't it? <laughs> now listen, that's buying back. Now he's telling us that we've got to buy back time. Think about that. What is time? Time is the opportunity or the season or the moment when things are brought to a crisis. It's a limited period of time. He's saying, you have to redeem or buy back your time. You know, once we thought was when you did something or you spent time, it was gone. And what Paul is actually saying to us, you know, it may be gone, but you can double it up if you want. If you live right and you think right, you can make double time rather than losing time. So we're in a situation now, we're looking at losing time. And why are we losing time? Because the text tells us, because the days are evil. The days are evil. That's why we are losing time. That's why we have to redeem time, because it says the days are evil. And the word evil means full of labors, annoyances, hardship, pressed or harassed by labors. So it means this is just life is full of hard work. Did you go through this week and then you got to Friday, you just I don't know why I'm just living anymore. It's just so hard. Life is just so hard at McDonald's. Flipping those burgers and filling those, and taking all the trash from the people who come and say, Hungry Jack's is better than McDonald's. You know, how bad is life, you know? Life is so heavy and burdensome, you know? And you get to, uh, you think that's hard. You wait until you get to my age. You'll get to, Whoa, life can be really hard sometimes, hardship. 
Life is full of hardship. The Bible tells us in Luke chapter 8, verse 14, it says, the, that seed, that the seed that fell amongst the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, the riches and the pleasures, and they do not mature. So life is full of hard stuff. And it's so full of hard stuff, it can make you unfruitful. It can stop your progress forward. That's why you have to look at redeeming the time. Because if you don't redeem the time, you can get into life and you can lose a whole lot of time and it's gone. You can't make it back. You can lose those opportunities. <clears throat> you know, when you lose opportunities, when you get old, you start to get regretful. You start to think about the things that you could have done. If only I hadn't done that, then maybe things would have been different now. And your life begins to become a reflection on regret. Now that just is part of what getting old is about. You either look back and you rejoice or you look back and you regret. That's life. You can go through life. You can do both. You can look forward and look back and you can regret and you can look back and you can be joyful. You can do both. But listen, it's like a bank account. Young people, listen to me now. Listen to me. Your bank account is basically ready to put deposits into. You can put deposits into the, re the regret side or you can put it into the joy side. If you think that fun is more important than morality... You're going to load up the regret side. You'll have a bank account full of regret by the time that you get to an age where you come to your senses. Think about that. We have to do things differently if we want to avoid regret. Regret comes when at any moment of our lives we do the wrong thing and waste the opportunity to do the right thing. Because as soon as you do the wrong thing, there could have been an alternative. You could have been doing a right thing. I mean, it's like uh, there's only one option for me now and that's the wrong thing. No, no, no. Every opportunity has a right option or a wrong option. Every opportunity that presents itself to you, there's a course which is right and a course which is wrong. Every time you make a wrong choice, you fail to do the right choice. Think about that. You failed to do the right thing when you did the wrong thing. So there was something that's gone. There's something that's missing now. There's something that you can regret. And the regret is that you didn't do the right thing. You did the wrong thing. So every time that we waste an opportunity or miss an opportunity, we take two deposits. We make two deposits into the bank account of regret. Two. Every time we do a wrong thing, we make two deposits into the, the bank account of a regret. And every time we do the right thing, at the right time, we make a deposit into God's bank account of joy. One deposit. Now, how does that work? I thought, you know, redeeming the time, we're making two deposits into regret. How does that work? Well, it works this way. Every step backwards is two steps lost. Every step backwards is two steps lost. There's always a consequence, and somebody said that today when they were sharing, there's a consequence to sin. Who, who said that? David. David said that, didn't you? You said there's always a consequence to sin. There's a consequence to do, for doing the wrong thing. So the consequence is a lost step in the journey. And the progress forward has been set back. You need to make up for the lost steps that you've done. So come walk with me. Let's illustrate this. This is where we're going to get Lily. Come, darling. And Jenny, I'm going to use you both. Come in. This is your time to experience what it is to be mocked in front of everybody. <laughs> Not true, darling. I would never do that to you. That's why only Jenny's going to get the rough end of the stick. 
Yes. Right, now I want you to watch this because I want you to understand this. Lily, you're a very good girl. And you're only ever going to make the right choices, okay? And Jenny, well, we know about you. (laughs) So you are not going to be so good today, okay? Come and stand on the line of life. Here's the line here. This is you. Come, just stand, both of you stand in line here. I need somebody, oh no, I can do this, I think. They're only ever going to take one step. But you're going to see Jenny take two and then get all messed up. When I say take a step, Lily, you just walk straight towards the goal. This is one step, one step like that. That's doing the right thing. And when I say take a step, take another step by that. The goal is that you get, come, this will be the goal here. This is your upward call. So you're going to be a perfect little Joseph, Josephine, and you're never going to make a mistake. You're going to make the right choices all the way, okay? And only Jenny's going to take a step back when she should be taking a step forward because we know that's the core of her. (laughs) Okay. Take one step. <laughs> See, she, it's, uh, no, it's terrible. How, how can you make your wife do the wrong thing? You have to go backwards. Yes, you have to take a step back. I don't want to. <laughs> you want to go for? I know. It's, that's why it's good for you. Because if I put anybody else there, it would be terrible because I think they know about me. <laughs> well, now, how many steps between them, friends? No, there's two. For Jenny to get up to where Lily is, One, two steps. So that one step back, she lost two. Well, wait a minute. It gets worse than that. Step. She just got into a habit. That was a habit. No, she didn't do it once. She did it twice now. How many steps separate them, friends? How many steps have you taken? You've only taken two. But she now has four steps to reach up. But it gets worse because she's done it twice and the devil knows that if you do things twice, he can start to wrap a chain around you. And so he can make your life kind of really <laughs> upset. Okay. I, I love you, darling. Okay. Okay. Take a step. Oh, she... She still didn't come to her senses, even though she's changed. <laughs> no, wait, wait. <laughs> okay. She took another step back. So that's a couple more, isn't it? But I mean, three times around. Oh, look, wait a minute. The prodigal, the prodigal child now starts to feel kind of inhibited like i can feel the change now like i want to go forward okay now try and go forward no wait that's three steps how many steps have you taken three and that means you have to take six steps because to get six steps you've got to get back to where you were okay one two three four five six wait a minute that's six steps now now listen this may be funny but that's exactly what happens Because every time you step back, he wraps a chain around you. And it makes your progress forward slower than what you would have had if you just were like Lily and stepping forward. 
You see, I say, now get back to where, and now it's not taking six steps. It's going to take 600 steps to get back to where Lily is after six steps. Why? Because she's still bound up. Now, what does she have to do to get forward, to go where she's got to be? You've got to, okay, take, the, take it off. I can't take it off for you. You have to remove it. That's the chains. That's the chains. If you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Thank you, girls. I'll get it. <laughs> Lovely. Now stop. Think about it. Engage yourself with the text. Does this relate to you? Now stop now. Stop. Focus. Give me your attention. What in your life is doing this? Don't say this doesn't relate to me. You've all told me that you're not where you should be, which means that you are doing this. Now be real, be honest. I'm not asking you for a public confession, but I'm asking you to be real before God. Think about this. You've made a step back. You've chained yourself up with something. You didn't step forward. Somewhere in your life you're going like this if you're moving forward. There's something tying you up. You need to get rid of that. Ask yourself the question, what is it in your life that is stopping you from progressing forward? I'm moving forward, but I'm not moving very fast. I just don't want to get rid of the chains that i got on my legs. Why? I think it's okay to step back every now and then. I mean, everybody does it. It's called moonwalking. It's kind of cool. It's a, it's a fad. Everybody steps back, you know, but you know what? And everybody's not going forward and everybody's not achieving what their goal is and everybody's falling away and they're losing their salvation. Why? Because they are chained up and tied up because the devil's laughing all the way to the bank of regret. Listen to me. What's the point of this exercise today? If there is no point, you're wasting your time being here. If you're not being transformed by the word and changed by the word and changed in your walk, you are wasting your time being here. It doesn't matter where you are in life. Whether you're a lily or whether you're Graham. Every one of us has said we are not there yet, which means we have to make decisions about what chains us up and have to make decisions about moving forward. Now, can you see what's slowing your progress? Stop. If I got you to stop and ask the Holy Spirit right now to put the finger on the thing, the number one thing that's slowing your progress forward. In fact, close your eyes right now. Holy Spirit, you just speak to them. You just sh- the one thing that you've been talking to them about that you want them to touch. Now, you see it. That's it. You saw it already. Because he's faithful. You saw it straight away. It came to you straight away. You knew exactly what it was. Straight away, you saw it. 
So, can you see what's slowing your progress? You can look at me now. Stop reflecting. You're not going to, or you've gone to sleep, have you? <laughs> Don't do that. I'm awake today. Wherefore, he says, be not unwise. Well, unwise is without reason, senseless, foolish, stupid, without reflection or intelligent, acting rashly. He says, don't be doing this. He says, do not be senseless. Like, oh, I don't know. I was talking to somebody the other day when I was out street, and, and I looked into that person's eyes, and they told me that I'd got married the weekend before. I got married the weekend before, and I looked into their eyes, and I could find no sense in their face. You know that senseless look, vacant look? Like nothing's going on in the inside of their head? I looked and I felt grieved. I thought, I want to talk to you about meaningful things, but I thought, there's no sense. It's senseless. It's mindless. That's the one. The light's on and no one's home. You get to that point. You meet those people. I mean, you're intelligent young people. Go to a nice school. You work in, a, you work in the McDonald's, and that's, that's because of the talent you have. You have got a job. And you look at the others who come into the job, into the school, and you sit there and you look at people who come to you and you serve them, and they are senseless, mindless. They're just vacant. Listen, friends, you have to choose not to be that way. This is not something that you are born with. It's not hereditary, you know? It's something you choose to engage with. You choose to engage with life. You choose to engage with this message. You choose to engage with the truth. You choose to engage with intelligence and rationality. You engage with mindlessness or you engage with thoughtfulness. You choose. Oh, I just don't want to even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just laugh some more. <laughs> did you did you hear the one about it? Well, it's, I'm just too busy to worry. I'm so busy, 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 busy. I'm so busy. I've got to do this and that. Oh, don't talk to me about it. I'll get to it later. I'll get to over here. Look, I can put this one over here, and I'll put this one over here. Look, oh, this one on the floor here. I can't talk to you now. I just got to put this one over here. Now, really, no. I think that one should go there and that one there. No, uh, well, really. Um, Oh, wait a minute. That was a little bit there. I think I'll talk to you, but I'm busy. I'm just busy. Doing what? Doing what? I mean, in the end of the exercise, all the little things that all the little things that you're doing that stop you from making that progress forward, put them all together in a big bucket. What have you got? All the little things that you were busy doing that was so important that you needed to be done. Put them all in a bucket at the end of your life and it's still in the bucket of regret because you've got nothing but a hole. There's nothing lasting there. You only get lasting stuff when you take a step forward. You can shift those mics all your life and end up with nothing. I was faithfully serving the mics. Yeah, but what about God? What about the things of God? We get so full of busyness that we... Oh, we just switch off. It's just too much, Devo. Easy, switch off. You know what I do? I just sit There's the TV. Look, I just... Switch off. Why? I'm rocking, am I? I just switched off. Rocking myself to sleep. Better to be busy about the things of God. Busyness and watching TV, if it's busy with the wrong thing and watching TV, it's the same thing, isn't it? Seriously. 
just a big bucket of nothing. He says, but understand what the Lord's will is. He says, understand, it's to set your mind together with. So it's like, understand, look, this is what God's mind is. And you get your mind and you join along with God's mind and say, thinking the same thing as God's thinking. I like Cheryl. When I, Cheryl, when you, when you talk to me about souls, I, I, I like that. I mean, you said, it's, you know, how many people are going to hell, Cheryl? 96% of the population of people are going to hell because they don't know Jesus. Was it okay back then? It wasn't okay back then. Is it okay now? Well, what are you doing? See, this is, I like that. It's, it's thinking. It's, it's engaged with the... It's not okay when Jesus came and it's not okay now. She's engaged with the fact it's not okay that people are going to hell. Well, you, well, where did you get that idea from? You're obviously not a humanist. She got that because she joined her spirit with God's spirit and joined her heart with Jesus' heart. And Jesus says, it's not okay that people are going to hell. I'm going to come into time and I'm going to, I'm going to die for them so that there's a life for them to live. That's how much she... And she's joined herself with that. And so it's become her mind as well. And he's the Lord, understanding what the Lord's will is. He's the person who you meant to belong to. You were bought with a price... Therefore, glorify God with your body. You don't belong to yourself. You belong to him. You say, oh, what I want to go to heaven and I want to be with Jesus. Yes, I don't like the idea of hell. It's not very nice. That's how you burn all the time there. And you have a re- resurrected body that never dies. And you're thrown into the lake of fire with a resurrected body that never dies. Well, that means I'm going to burn and not get burned up. Yes. But how long is that? For a long time? Everlasting fire. Well, I don't think I like that option. I think I want to go to heaven. I'll come to church. But wait a minute. You come to church, but you don't engage. You come to church and you do the church thing thinking that that's okay. You get to heaven. You come to church. You've got to come to church. There's got to be the point. You've got to change. There's got to be a change that takes place on the inside. And you've got to get to the idea that God has own the ship over your life you do not belong to yourself you do not jenny doesn't belong to me she's not my wife she belongs to jesus i don't belong to me i belong to jesus everything that we have belongs to him think deeply about that for some moment everything belongs to him my children belong to him My grandchildren belong to him. My possessions belong to him. My car belongs to him. All of my thoughts belong to him. All of my emotions are there and I have to submit them to him. Now think about that deeply. What choices do I really have? No, no choice really. There's one mind that I should follow because he's my Lord. He says, and do not be drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, the word drunk is to mean to intoxicate. Now, you've all seen the drunk. And that's all kind of funny, isn't it? When somebody can't walk in a straight line because they're drunk, they're intoxicated. The word intoxicated means that they're under the control of something else or someone else. And so it's... The whole idea is to be excited and controlled by something other than yourself. So... 
I mean, that's what they do. They go and get, get a shot. They go into the, can I have a couple of shots, whiskey shots? What are they? To get drunk as fast as I can. You know, tequila, get some neat shots of alcohol into my system. Why? Because I want to get so drunk so that I can just have fun for the rest of the night, you know? They sit there and drink little ones, just hit me big ones, bang, bang, bang. And then I'm just walking around under the control of something else. He says, don't be under the control of something else. And he says, don't get drunk with wine. Ask yourself the question, what's controlling you? So, okay, you're not given to drink. Something else controlling you. If you're not doing what you want to be doing, something else is controlling you. You say, okay, alcohol, I'm not into alcohol. I don't drink and I don't do drugs. But are you where you're meant to be? You're not. But what's controlling you? And why do you let it control you? Why do we let sin control us? We let sin control us because it's pleasurable. Sin is pleasurable for a season. It feels nice. It feels okay. I think I like this. And we have this thing about our society is telling us all the time, just be happy. You may really have to be happy. What's your central goal in life? Young person, what do you really want in life? I just want to have world peace and happiness. What a nonsense. Seriously, what a nonsense. You can't have world peace when there is no Jesus involved. And you can't have happiness without Jesus. Happiness is just a moment of pleasure and then it always fades and always disappears. So you're left with a bigger hole with the need to get more happiness to fill it up. I ask my clients that I work with, and I say to them, you know, um, this is the celebrants. I say to them, you know, what do you really want to do? I'm doing this because it makes me happy. What's the most important thing in life? I I ask questions like that. What's the most important thing? And I get back all the time. Happiness is the most important thing. I would just, happiness is what we've got to search for in life, be happy. And so as I go through my course, I just talk about happiness and how important it is in life just to be happy. And then I say, is happiness more important than faithfulness? They stop like a blank look on their face. Is it more important than morality? Because in the end of the exercise, if happiness means I have to leave my wife and run off with you, I mean, I'll be happy, but I won't be faithful and I won't be moral. So, so think about that now. Stop, think about it. How good is happiness as a moral guide? It's a terrible moral guide. So we shouldn't be looking for happiness. It's a nonsense thing. It will never give you anything but heartache and regret. If you look for joy, you put a step in the obedience and you will get joy. A moment of ease and fun and pleasure and excitement in the wrong direction is a withdrawal from the, ga- the account that you have in God. That's all it is. So he says in Ephesians 5, 8, he says, Be not drunk with wine, and wine is a metaphor, if you like, because it's not just alcohol. It's anything that controls you, anything that controls your life, that gets into you and intoxicated you. We know that the, the Facebook is an intoxicating thing, especially the like button. How many likes did you get that photograph, you know? It's Instagram. How many likes are you getting for the pictures that you're putting up? Well, I just need to get more likes, you know? You can buy 100 likes, or you can just go, get free likes, and you can press that button, and you'll get 100 free likes likes there so now it comes 150 free likes you, oh, I, uh, you see all the likes I go, yeah but we know how you got those likes you press the button that says give me 100 free likes why 
Because it was important for you to be liked. Why? Because it makes me happy. Why? Because you are losing your mind. You are losing your sense of mindness. You are losing what's real. You're getting sucked into a deception. Woe to you of all men speak well of you, said Jesus. Woe to you. Wine stands for anything that gets you addicted to it. Anything. Watching movies, TV, whatever it is. It doesn't matter. Going out with your friends when you should be doing something else. Anything that makes you step backwards, it comes with a lolly in it. You say, here, look, have a lolly. An apple chew. You know, anything that goes, oh, you did, oh have a sweet. Here's a lolly. You did the right thing. No, you did the wrong thing, but it pays you a sweet. You get something out of it. It always pays a dividend, doesn't it? Doing the wrong thing. You always get an instant, oh, that's nice. Would you like a lolly? Just do the wrong thing, Graham. Here's a lolly. He's got lollies in his pockets. No. He says there's excess. And the excess, it means desolate. And I, I know this is going to be hard for some of you. And I, know, I noticed that, um, Olga, you were very faithful the other day. We, we, we got some notebooks. Can I show you this notebooks? You'll see some of these notebooks around. And the people who have these notebooks are writing down words in them that they do not understand. So I've got here um, inclination, enthusiasm, and extravagant. She's written down today. Because she didn't understand. And why is she engaging there? Because if you don't understand, you don't know, you don't learn. Listen to me, friends. Well done, Olga. Listen to me. You have to engage with this. If you do not engage with this, you are losing big time. Because in the end, you'll have a bucket full. You'll have, I've done all this. I've gone all this way. And you'll have nothing to show for it because you haven't engaged with what we're talking about. You've got to try to understand it. I'm breaking it down as best I can. I'm seriously, I'm trying to break it down as simply as I can to slow it down as slow as I can so that you can engage with what I'm saying so it will transform your life. What's the point of it otherwise? This is not just a Christian club where we can find somebody to marry. This is meant to be a life-changing, robust fellowship whereby we are changed to be more like Jesus because of our involvement here. Seriously. Why would I do this otherwise? You see, there is a way that's excessive. It's prolificacy, it says. Recklessly wasteful. Extravagantly wasteful. We just keep on making backward steps the whole time. Where we should be is up there. We got our eye facing the right way, but we keep on walking backwards, not walking forward. And we know because the chains inside get so much, we start to feel dead on the inside, lost on the inside. So what Liz was saying, you're lost. There's a little thing that said, yeah, I'm lost. I can really feel I'm dead and see. But you didn't even move. You didn't move to come to the front to say, I feel lost. You are lost inside and you're dead inside, but you've lost the will to move forward. Seriously. Some of you today should have moved and said, I am feeling lost like a lost sheep. But you're so lost, it was pointless. Because you don't want to change the direction of your steps. You're looking that way, 
but you're walking backwards. You're doing the moonwalk. You think it's okay because you're looking in the right direction. Everybody else is looking at sin and going for the dark side of life. Look at it sitting there. Look at the backdrop. Dismal. They're looking at it and they're heading it. You nod. You're just walking in that direction, but you're facing towards the light. And you think you're okay. You're not okay, friends. You're not okay. There's no point there. He says, but be filled with the Spirit. Filled us to make full of. So full. Now, the Holy Spirit is not a substance that you can pour into somebody like a liquid. You know, so you can fill up a cup. You can fill up a cup and the cup is full of, of liquid. You say, well, and people say, you know, the Holy Spirit's coming. He's falling now. He's falling on you like a, like a fountain and, uh, you know, he's filling you up. You know, the Holy Spirit is not a substance that fills you. He is a person who controls you. So when you're talking about being filled with the Spirit, you are not talking about this idea of somebody getting so full with God you know, that, you know, I'm full with God. You're talking about yielding your control to the Spirit of God who lives within you. So the more you yield to God, the more under His control you are. The less you yield to God, the less under His control you are. So being filled with the Spirit is about being filled up with God under His control. Well, how do you do that? So seriously, how do you do that? I mean, if I said, be filled with the Spirit. Michael, be filled with the Spirit. You've got a name that says Michael is in the image of God. Okay, be filled with the Spirit, Michael. How do you do that? It's one of those nebulous things out there in the ocean, you know. You think, well, um, pray, read my Bible. Uh. See, he knows, Paul knows that it's not that clear. So he actually says to you exactly how to get filled with the Holy Spirit or how to fill yourself or live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. What did he say? Speaking to yourself. Now, now listen, I've always interpreted that as being speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spirits. And it's been a foundational, foundational verse for me in terms of, you know, why should we have um, body ministry? People should be able to do, you know, once you have a song, we have, you have a psalm, people can get up here and share, you know, you have something you want to share, you know, let everybody have a go, you know. It's been foundational. And one of those scriptures that I've used as a foundational text until I really started it. This, and you know what I found out? That the word yourselves does not mean one another. It means to yourself. Now that's a different wrinkle. So when you come to speak to yourself or sing to yourself, it, well, it, well, I'm not sitting, Hello, holy, 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 Graham, how are you? Lovely to see you. Praise be to Jesus. Now this is not what it's going to be like. Everybody's walking through the life singing to one another. You know, it's like a musical. You know, the door opens up, the band starts playing, and in walks Maria. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And everybody says, hallelujah. It's like some musical. That, no, no, no. That's heaven. That's coming. But here, you're speaking to yourself. Ephesians 5, 19 says, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord. Yourselves is to, this is the word exactly, to come to oneself with a better mind, with himself in his own mind. That's the Greek. To come to yourself with a better mind. So it tells me that there are two minds. 
There is a sick mind and there is a good mind. And you are to come, your will is to take the sick mind and put it over in the corner and take the better mind and talk to yourself with the better mind. That means you as a person have to make choices between what you think. I can't help it. It's just in my head. You can help it. You can make a choice about it. You don't have to sit there and think those things anymore. I just didn't know. I watched that movie. Just every time I close my eyes, it's in my head now. I know, I know, I know. But there's a way out of that chain. You've been tied up. You've gone there too many times. And now you've got, you can't even move forward because the things are going around in your head and making you feel all this stuff in your head. It's this dread thinking. It's all this horrible stuff that's going on in your head. And you can't move forward. You need to take the chains off. Stop the thinking. Start speaking to yourself with new words now in your head so you can walk forward. Talk to yourself all the time. It's, we do it all the time. We speak into ourselves. Not, sometimes it's not good, but we do it. Kat's sitting there, and while she's listening to me, she's, her, pro, her mind is processing through a whole lot of stuff. I'm preaching here, and as I'm speaking, I'm also thinking. I'm thinking faster than I'm speaking. I'm thinking about those who've gone to sleep here. I'm thinking about those who are listening. I'm thinking about those who are not listening. I'm watching your face and I'm reading and I'm thinking about all those things while I'm speaking. So your mind, your capacity to think is faster than your capacity to speak. So you can make some really big choices about what you are saying and say it to yourself. So when you go to work, you're getting on the bus and you're heading off and you're sitting there and this mundane life all around you and you get caught. You watch something and then the picture goes on in your head and the devil starts playing that video in your head. He starts going on. You're just sitting there mindlessly. Let you got to get filled with the Spirit right then. Right at that moment, you have an opportunity. Right at that moment, you can't miss that moment. You have to step into that time into your mind and say, stop the show, start a new one. Start to think a different thought. If you don't, you step back because you missed that opportunity. Every time you let the devil create an imagination in your mind and to reinforce that imagination in your mind by your meditation, you create another bondage on your life. You, you tie yourself up again. Listen, how this is going. You don't mean, Mark, that I have to walk through life taking hold of every thought in my mind. You bet you I mean that. Every thought. You can't keep on going, just letting the, the, the world turn the TV on in your head. And you're not going there and scrutinize what's going on. You've got to stop this. What's in, what's in our minds these days? What's in our minds? What's going on in our minds? Just, just stop now, just think. What are the things that you go to where you sit and think about when you're not thinking about God? It's that bucket of nothing, hey? Now give, me, give me a percentage. How much of your life do you think about those things? If it's relationships and how that person has hurt me and 
how that person has done this to me and how that person is, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I can never forgive that person. You know, and off you go. And this is rutting your head, some sort of mind trend that you're plodding through. If I ever see that person, I'll tell that. Well, you know, stop. Switch it off. Switch something else on inside your mind. It's time to change. It's time to be transformed. You will never be changed and never transformed unless you start to take control of your mind, unless you start to speak to yourself. I must speak to myself. Say it to me. I'm serious. You think you're mad? It only gets weird if somebody else hears you doing it. (laughs) What are you doing, Mark? Shake yourself, boy. That's not the mind of a godly man. That's the mind of a a drunkard. That's the mind of a loose man. Shake yourself. Think good things. Okay, what good things should I think, Holy Spirit? Oh, I will think about your faithfulness and your goodness. And I create a new picture and I start talking to myself with psalms and hymns. Why do we lose our marbles when we get older? Because we switch the thinking. Start. Jenny was saying, I don't want to lose my mind. I said, well, you start using it, Jenny. And so she... (laughs) <laughs> so, I, so I came home from street preaching and she looked at me and she says I have learned a new passage of scripture today and I said good hit me with it so she did what did you say <laughs> she told me be careful what comes out your mouth only let it be good for edifying and building up one another and something like that <laughs> yeah, you laugh, you laugh. She got me touche. <laughs> Every day you have an opportunity to lay a foundation stone or a, a deposit into the bank of God or you have an opportunity to take one out and live in regret. This has relevance to you today. Seriously, this, this message was for you. That's why you are here. God and his determined sovereign will determined that you would be here today to listen to this. Why? Because he wanted you to engage with this thing because he wanted to change your life. So if you're listening to this and you're on the net now and you hear this, that's the reason you're listening to this because God wants to change your life. You've got to engage with this. This is what it says in the last days. It says, and in the, in the, it, as it was, Jesus says, that it was in the days of Noah, so it would be in the days of the Son of Man. They ate and they drank. They married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them and destroyed them all. And verse 28 says, Likewise, it was also in the days of Lot. They ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built. But on that day that Lot went out of, the, of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. What's it going to be like? What was it like? What was it like in their heads in the days of Noah? Well, we're actually told what they were thinking in, day, in Noah's days. And this is what the verse says in, in Genesis chapter 6. It says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Now read this with me. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. How do I get filled with the Spirit? 
speak. Speak to yourself. Does it work? Does speaking to yourself in the world, does it work? I mean, we're pragmatists. If unless it works, there's no point. If it doesn't work, why do it? So if I'm going to get up and I'm going to look in the mirror and say to myself, you're a man created after God's image and, you're going, and I'm talking to myself now, does it work? Here's a woman who found that. There's a woman that followed Jesus. She had a menstruation period that lasted for many, many years. An issue of blood, it said. So she was, she was losing so much blood and it just wasn't stopping. And as she was following Jesus, there's a big crowd around Jesus. So everybody's pushing around him and he's standing there and she is speaking to herself. This word, she said within herself, the word herself is the same as the word yourselves. It's the same word. Speak to yourself. She spoke to herself. It's the same word in the Greek. So she was doing what, what we are told by Paul to do. Speak to yourself. So she's talking to herself. If I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. If I touch the hem of his garment, Jesus will heal me. She said it to herself. So as the crowd's pushing, she's pushing through the crowd. What's going on in her head? She's speaking to herself. What's she saying? I need to touch the hem of his garment. If I touch the hem of his garment. She's pushing people away. Now he doesn't even see her coming. But she gets down and she touches the hem of his garment. And she was healed. Now Jesus said this in Luke. Who touched me? Well, she didn't even touch his, his body. She just touched his garment. And immediately he said, who touched me? Who touched me? And Peter said, oh, God, look, yeah, you're crazy. Jesus, you know, look at all the people crowding and bustling around you, pushing you and shoving you. How can you say who touched me? Everybody's touching her. Someone touched me. What was the difference between her touch and everybody else's touch? Her faith. But what was her faith connected to? She was speaking to herself. And he said, Jesus said, someone touched me and I know that power has gone out of me. The word power is the word dunamis. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. She is speaking to herself. She is pressing in there, speaking to herself. I'm going to speak the words of God. I'm going to speak the words of God. And she touches it and power fills her life. The Holy Spirit fills her life and she's healed. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? Speak to yourself the words of God. Speak to the... In the sense, I, I've got no work. I mean, I'm getting fed. I'm panicking. Oh, I don't know. I have to run around a hundred places to ask people for work. No, stop. Speak to yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I'll speak to my situation. I'll speak to myself. I'll get faith inside. Amen. Be filled with God's spirit. Let this word change you. It relates to you. You turn the TV on, you stop thinking and you stop speaking to yourself. It speaks to you. And when you start to sing, I like aeroplane jelly, aeroplane jelly for me. The little jingles, the little jangles are just so designed to get in there and hook in there and stay in there. 
That was one of the reasons why we got rid of the TV when the kids were very small. I just thank God. You know, when I look at what happened to Renee, I just thank God that we got... The kids were three. Jade and Renee sat up at the table and started singing some mindless ad that she had, they'd picked up off the TV. And I said to Jenny, I said, someone else is educating our kids. They are singing to themselves a message of materialism. Now think about that. Now come forward. Now, Renee is 18 years old and she is facing cancer. She is stage four of cancer. Probably terminal, non-Hodgkin's disease. She's had a, a childhood of speaking songs of God's word. She TV's gone, so the mindlessness is gone out of her. She's been talking the word of God to herself. Now she is at her greatest moment where she has to fight with all of her faith. And what does she do? She puts up scriptures around the walls in a hospital. She's not dying, she's living. She's speaking words of faith. She's speaking to herself on a daily basis. I will be healed, not die. And they call her a mirror. And you won't have any children, they said to us. They gave her a stem cell replacement. You know, there's 95% chance you're going to go into, into menopause. She comes out and she's going into menopause. She has the hot sweats. Jen knows what's all that's about. You know, she's lost her menstrual cycle. It's like she's 18 and she will have no children. Our God is big. Our God is big. A woman came from New Zealand, a woman we prayed for that got healed from uh, cancer of the... Um, Lopium, whatever it was, and she got healed. Miracle, I'll tell you about that later. But she came over to her and said, Renee, here's a picture of the baby that God gave me. It's a miracle child. Remember, God is big. God is big. So she started to speak to herself again. And she was at her place, and the scream came out of the toilet one day as she discovered that she was menstruating. It came back. And now we have. Two grandchildren and one on the way. Why? Speak to yourself. Speak to yourself. Listen to me. What is the point? What is the point? What's the point of all this? I can make choices to be wise that will help me live without regret. And that will, will take me to where God's power is working in me. I can make those choices today on a moment-by-moment moment basis. This week. Today. Even now. You'll make choices. To speak to yourself. Some of it will be good. And some will be rubbish. But you have to engage with this word. What's the point if there's no point, there's no reason. If there's no reason, just go home. Forget coming next week. There is no reason. Unless you are changed to become like Jesus, there is no point. I need to be real with myself now. I need to be honest with myself. I need to ask, is there something that I need to be doing right now? Is the devil taking too much control? Am I giving him too much control? Is it time for me to be strong and, and not give him any more control? This does relate to my life. 
God wants me to have a spirit that controls every aspect of my life. He wants his control in my spiritual life. He wants it in my physical life. He wants it in my emotional life. He wants it in my family's life. He wants it in my friend's life. He wants it in my work. He wants it in my school. He wants to have control in every part of my life. This is not just your spiritual life. This is everything. You take steps in every part of your life. You take steps in your family, which are good or bad. You take steps in your health, either good or bad. Or bad. You make choices all the time. God help you make the right choice. Get God on the inside. Start speaking to yourself the word of God and let him change it. Think deeply about this message I'm giving you. Think deeply about it. Let it challenge you. Don't walk out of here and say, oh, well, I can't remember what Mark was talking about. I think he's talking about something. He got all hot and sweaty about something, but I just can't remember what it is. You just lost it. The opportunity is gone. And if you really want to be transformed, do something about it. Don't just listen to it. Put down on the piece of paper that you've got that's got prayer on the back of it. Say, what are you going to do about that this week? You know that thing when you close your eyes and I said, Holy Spirit, you show them what it is. And, and, and it came straight to you right then. You saw it. Tell me. Don't tell me, you just write on the piece of paper how you are going to deal with X. How are you going to deal with X? Because if you don't address X, X will deal with you. Are you with me? Okay, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for being here with us today. We didn't come here to have a moment of fellowship with each other we came here to talk to you jesus and to be changed by you jesus we came here to be honest because we know that as we come and approach the throne of grace you can see through all of the rubbish you can see through all of the lies you can see through all of the deceptions you can see the core of us lord you see us right through lord i pray right now that you would help us to speak to ourselves the right words lord those things that are affecting us give us the words to say to counteract them give us the words to say to bring your power into our lives lord jesus give us the words to say to ourselves that will bring the evident power of the holy spirit into that your word transform us lord jesus we pray that we abide in your word and that your word would change us we ask this in jesus mighty name today amen And everyone said, Amen. Amen. God bless you.